If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review and tap the follow button so that you never miss an episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Monday, our first Monday of 2023. I am so excited to be back for our first episode of the year of RFRX, your prescription for coping. I'll be your host, and I have with me our fearless co-host and psychic, Helen Green. Helen, how's it going? I am wonderful. Happy 2023 to everybody. I hope next year brings you lots of wonder and joy and happy things. I want everybody to have happy things for 2023. And maybe we, and maybe our timeline will get better for the next year. That is the goal. Yes. <laughs> this universe timeline is going to improve. Universe timeline. I and yes. I I want to turn around. So, I'm going to I'm going to hope yes. for the best, expect the worst. Fair enough. That's, that's generally my approach to, you know, life, the universe and everything. So right. makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Do you have any other goals or resolutions for this year, Helen? Um, I, I decided that I'm not going to do resolutions, um, because that puts a lot of expectations on myself. So I decided, um, to take my therapist's advice and then focus on my priorities and look at my priorities and the things that I would like to see happen for myself over the next year, rather than like making a resolution because mm -hmm. I feel like this is my kind of thought on it. Like resolutions make you feel like, let's say you decide to lose weight and the first couple of months you're like really good about it. And mm -hmm. then like March hits and you kind of fall off the wagon and then you feel bad about it. Like, I feel like if you just like, you have to kind of shift where your priority is going, mm -hmm. like I'm going to, my priority is to take care of my health. I think mm -hmm. that's a better way of looking at it rather than like, I'm going to make a resolution not to eat cookies anymore. You know, I think you have to, the way you're looking at it has the shift a little bit. So I'm, I'm doing that this year. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. I think that's a really good idea. Instead of trying to make yourself do seven or eight new habits that you probably don't want to do anyway. Let's look at the big picture. Right. Yeah. yeah I think some steps towards it. Yeah. And then it doesn't, and then if you don't do hundred percent great at it, you're not going to like beat yourself up over it, you know? And I think that's more important to focus on what you find important and your priorities rather than making resolutions. That's just my kind of, yeah. that like, is what my therapist said that to me. I was like, oh, you know what? That's a, that is more achievable yes. <laughs> than making a resolution. So yes. Set yourself up for a win. Did you set a, did you set a res resolution for this year? Similar to you. I didn't really set resolutions. I have some, some goals uh, that I'm working towards kind of, I, I kind of did like you. I, I read a book called getting things done. I think it was called getting things done or getting it done. I can't remember now. Um, one of my resolutions needs to be to pay more attention to the things that I'm reading, but um, it was something like that. And it was saying to like, have a, a vision in mind and, you know, maybe some milestones that you might achieve on the way there, but it doesn't have to be this, you know, very strict. Okay. I'm going to, you know, whatever, start going to the gym eight days a week and not eat a carb all year or something. <laughs> something more like, like moving like in I the did, right direction I I did install like a diary app on my phone and I tr I don't do it every day but I but I'm trying to implement it where I write down um, a thought that I've been having and I write down my mood 
So um, like an overall mood for the day. So I can kind of track that, but it's not like a whole journal. Like I write, mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm focusing on today. This has been a, a, prominent. This is my mood. <laughs> like yeah. Cause if you ask me to write like a pair, like a whole journal entry about my day, fuck that. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's too much. Too it's much. not going to happen. But like yeah. two sentences and like, what is my mood? I yeah. am happy. I am frustrated or whatever that is. I think that's better. <laughs> yeah, just checking in. Yeah, I agree. I've been doing my Headspace app. I'm trying to do that yeah. every day. You know, if I don't make it every day, all right. But just kind of making a habit of doing that in the morning, setting an intention and going on, doing-, doing I did promise in. my therapist this week that I would, I said, I'm going to write my diary as much as I can. So when I go to therapy tomorrow, I <laughs> talk to yes. my therapist and go, here, I did- See, you have these Five weekly milestones. Check <laughs> in. Well, all right. We are you ready yeah. to start 2023 off with our what we're supposed to be doing here tonight, rather than talking about how we're going to make our lives better in the next year? Yes. With no further ado, what do you say we go ahead and get started, Helen? I am all in, baby. <laughs> all right. Well, then allow me to introduce our special guest this evening. After 38 years of living the quote-unquote perfect Christian life, being a mother of three young boys and a wife of 15 years, Stacy Grand began to have doubts about her faith as she watched countless other Christians fall for conspiracy theories. She wondered how could they shun science and blindly believe misinformation so easily? That was the tipping point for her to examine what she believed and why. So from Pentecostal to Reformed theology, she only ever wanted to find the truth. Not intending to get rid of her faith, that is where the path would ultimately lead. When the cognitive dissonance was finally put to rest, she found healing and online activism and publicly deconverting. She shares her story through different platforms and loves connecting with others who have been through the same religious trauma she experienced. You can find Stacy every week co-hosting Secular Soapbox on the Skeptic Haven YouTube channel, and you can find her here too tonight with us. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. And feel free to go ahead and unmute. Okay, there. there Hi. Go. Hi, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm We're very so excited. excited. Thank you so much for oh joining gosh. us tonight. Thank you yes. so much. I've so never done a show like this where I can see all the participants. So <laughs> I know it's all part of the community. Yeah, yeah, it's actually quite quite cool. So hi everyone. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yes, welcome. Yeah. And we're so excited to have you for our first episode of the year, which I think is super appropriate given, you know, you've kind of spent the last year or so on sort of a whirlwind journey from on the fundy spectrum Mm -hmm. to secular online activist with your own show and everything. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny that Dave popped on right now. Sorry, I have to tell this quick story because when Dave came on um, Secular Soapbox, he's like, uh, I'm like apostasy who deconverted on a Sunday and had her show by a Wednesday. So it was quite fast. (laughs) My mom reminded me of that this morning. But um, yeah, it all happened very quickly in a whirlwind, not intentionally at all, because I didn't even know this world existed um, when I was at the beginning of my journey. So yeah, we, we yeah. sucked you in quickly. <laughs> Quick. Yes very quickly so (laughs) (laughs) well that's great we're so glad you are here to join us and before we start if you 
don't mind telling us a little bit about what you've been up to and do you have any goals for the new year since you know you didn't do anything last year yeah <laughs> um I would say my my goal is just to uh just continue doing what I've been doing with um secular soapbox and just kind of continuing my online presence and getting to know more people in the community and um I, even though I have a bit of a, of a presence, I still feel a little shy. So mm -hmm. um, just coming out of my shell a bit more and continue learning and just, I'm, I'm constantly listening to podcasts and reading books and I, I, you can't know enough, right? So um, just continue learning like I have been because I find it all so fascinating as you're, as you're deconverting. And um, I still find everything that I have learned about the Bible uh, since not being a Christian, the most amazing thing I have discovered, uh, the history of it and, and how it all came together and how myth, like mytho mythological it is. Um, so I find that so uh, intriguing. And so that's kind of where my, my goal has been is just to continue on that journey. Well, I agree yeah. with you. You can never learn enough and it's no. always a good time to read a good book. So yeah. I like your goal. Thank you. And actually another, another goal is um, I would like to attend a conference maybe at some point, Ooh. but I don't know. We'll have to see how, uh, you know, the economy is this year and being in Canada, but that is a goal that I, I do have that I'm talking to my husband about. So We'll see. <laughs> Exciting. Well, definitely keep us yeah. posted on your, yeah. your doings and goings on. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Well, for those of us who don't know your story, mm -hmm. would you like to give us a little bit sure. of a background on what you grew up in and paint us a picture? Yes. <clears throat> um, so my background is... Um, growing up in a Pentecostal, uh, charismatic home. Um, I basically, to kind of break it down, I gave my heart to Jesus. I was told at two years old, I answered an altar call as much as you can as a two-year-old. Um, I began speaking in tongues quite early as well. Um, my life was very much about uh, prophetic dreams and um, also a lot of uh, spiritual warfare was a part of my life. And um, I used to apparently could see things in the spirit realm. So I had a lot of fear in that area about seeing demons and not knowing if I was opening up doors into the demonic and letting things into my life and um so I think the charismatic world is a very it can be very scary um as a child so needless to say I I dealt with a lot of anxiety but trying to counteract that with prayer it was not it was a very messy <laughs> recipe right um yes. but I was a very devoted Christian um I got baptized at age 10 and then um, to make sure I really meant it, I did it again at 14 because 
um, you can never be too sure. <laughs> and you don't want to risk it when there's, you know, no. demons and things in the mix. <laughs> yeah. So I, I recommitted my life at, at 14 because I felt like I had backslidden as much as you can as a preteen. Um, but I was, I was a very good Christian girl. Like I, I never partied. I never, I never drank. I never smoked or did drugs or, um, uh, I was never promiscuous. Yeah. Now, now I drink wine. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, I, I was very by the book in, in all, everything I could like, cause I, I always felt guilty all the time. Like I had a lot of guilt just in my own brain for thoughts and, um, and any, any thought I had, I, I just felt super convicted. And, and so I made sure to keep my life very in order because I was always go, um, feeling guilty just for any thought that I had, if it wasn't perfect or pure. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was very hard on myself. Um, so then I, I, when I got older and I got married to my husband, who actually wasn't a Christian, believe it or not. Scandal. <laughs> How did this happen? I didn't want to marry a Christian. Um, I wanted to marry someone who, I, I know that sounds very strange, but I didn't want to marry someone from church because I thought those, those kinds of guys were always they just met you and they wanted to get married immediately. Like they were always looking for a wife, like. Well, they wanted you... to bone. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Like, even though I was saving, saving myself till marriage, um, I just felt like if you went to a new church and a guy came up to you and met you, they were like, Oh, are you single? Yeah. Okay. Well, they just wanted to like, they looked at you like, okay, you must be sent from God. Like you must be the person I have to marry. So I was kind of like, I don't really want to marry someone that I meet at church. And mm -hmm. so when I met my husband, my only question to him was basically like, do you believe in Jesus? And he said, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good. And then my other question was, have you ever tried a Ouija board? And he said, no. And I was like, okay, good. You haven't opened any demonic doors. <laughs> So, oh my goodness, I we're love good. this so much. <laughs> so I, I can't I relate it. so hard uh, to this. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, good. I, I'm just laughing because I used to, I used to be a pagan and my husband made like a Ouija board out of one of our end tables that's in my living room right now. Oh. And I just love it so oh, that's much so that I've yeah. opened so many demonic doors, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, I like, I never even would read like my horoscope in the newspaper, or, like nothing. Like, I wouldn't even glance at it. And anyway, so I thought, well, good. He believes in Jesus. He's never opened a demonic door in that way so he it's a clean like we're, we're good I can work with that so we got married and and he was a very respectful very respectful person who respected me even though he wasn't like a diehard Christian right yeah. um so that all worked out great and then um because we got married and then uh, we actually had some trouble having kids we had uh, infertility issues um took us four years to have our son, our first son. Um, once we did have our son, I felt that we really owed it to God 
um, for finally blessing us with a child, even though it was the doctor who actually like, <laughs> it was him who came through and helped us, right? And I, I remember- that oh, must be I, so frustrating for doctors after all that work I they know. put into it. And then you well, thank God. <laughs> I know. And it was, it was the doctor because um, I had a condition that I actually needed surgery for that. And in, in the end, I got pregnant uh, with our son because I had the surgery and I had endometriosis. And so he helped basically cure it. Right. And then after four years, I got pregnant with our son and um, I remember posting on Facebook, like announcing I was pregnant and thinking, I'm so thankful to our doctor and thank you, God. And my grandma actually like messaged my mom and got mad that I didn't thank God number one uh, for uh, getting pregnant. And my mom's like, she did, but also the doctor helped. Like, anyways, it was just so ridiculous. But so I'm kind of going on little bunny trails, but um, because we finally had our miracle baby um i felt okay now we really have to raise our children in the faith that we have to be very committed and we have to start going to church every week and so i kind of like really upped my my faith even more or my church attendance and i just thought okay we're dedicating them the way same way i was dedicated so if you're not familiar with like baby dedication it's I don't know if the audiences or not but you basically go ahead and go and yeah Yeah. so you go in front of your church depending on your denomination um and you're basically like saying a vow to God and with the pastor and and saying like we're we're giving the, the God gave us this child so we're basically saying he's he's not ours he's God's and he's entrusting us with him And so we're going to raise him up in the faith and hopefully like he will choose to follow Jesus and like, he's basically not ours, but we're dedicating him back to Jesus and back to God. And so we did a baby dedication. And so I just felt like we had, we owed this to God. So we raised our kids. Um, We have three boys now and, um, all but the last one was dedicated the first two were dedicated and then the pandemic happened with the third and we didn't actually have them dedicated so um anyways so that's when I really like um got uber religious I feel um I was always religious but I really 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 um just kicked it up with with my with my boys and um yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of going off onto so many no. different trails, so, but I, yeah. Um, I didn't know if you said this because I was yeah. a little bit distracted by the chat. Um, what denomination did you come from? So it was basically Pentecostal. Okay. Um, so very uh, charismatic, laying on of hands, speaking in tongues, uh, prophecy, healing. Would it, would it be fair to say, um, I guess uh, my familiarity with that comes from the ones in the U.S. I went to a, a charismatic um, school when I was younger, and okay. it seems like the kind of the main thrust of that denomination has to do a lot with like the Holy Spirit piece of mm-hmm. the Trinity. So it's a lot yeah. of this like spirit world uh, yeah. belief that's central. So, okay. Absolutely. That I think is like 
that is a, a main focus is like the works of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. Which to me, and it sounds like you were kind of hinting at this too, like that seems terrifying This because you're basically teaching kids about, you know, demons and, and oh, yeah. spirits and everything. Did that stick with you for yes, a while? Yes, it did because um, I feel like the fear of demons and um, like the devil and hell especially that really really stuck with me I feel like I actually had more of a belief in that at times than I sometimes when I would start to really kind of try to rationalize what I believed in and start to think okay I maybe like there were times where I would break it down like some of this sounds really crazy some of this sounds really weird like I would have those moments of doubt but then I'd start to think but I really believe that there's a devil. I really believe that um, there's demons. I believe there's a hell. So if I believe in that, then there has to be a God. So I would just kind of come back around and I wouldn't follow through with those doubts because I believe so strongly that there was a devil and there were demons because I felt so tormented in my mind um, by anxiety over the supernatural. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So it's almost like you, you didn't need, you know, that much proof of God because you were made to be so afraid of the devil and the demons that it just exactly. kind of naturally followed that yeah. well, it must be the other side of the coin. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. So there, there was a, um, there was one time like uh, in 2019 where I came super close to kind of dropping it all but I just was I came right back around like but no I believe that there's a devil so I can't believe in a devil and not believe in God so okay well then I guess this is it like yeah I guess you can't afford to not believe in a God if you're still afraid of a devil <laughs> exactly and I all I feel like if I would have just continued pulling on those doubts and those and that thread I would have got an out sooner but I was so afraid of, of hell that I just was like, no, I can't risk it. Yeah, I'm too scared. Like yeah. I can tell you that we still have people that have been out of religion for a very long time and are far and are still afraid of hell. Like that yeah. fear just keeps brewing in the back of their Ugh. brains, you know, even though they know that it's logically, it's not real. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like one story that I've talked about on my TikTok, um, I did a story. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the singer Carmen from the 80s. Yes. Um, <laughs> I oh think a few goodness. of you are. Okay. Blast so when, from the past. Yes. Yeah. So when I was five years old, so five years old, my grandma showed me a video of his because he used to do those really um, theatrical music videos, right? Because he, he did some pretty, like, his songs were really, like, catchy, right? Um, more like Didn't, storytelling songs. Yeah. Didn't and he, he have the one about, like, Satan bite the dust? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did, yeah. I miss this, listening to secular music in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have that. Yeah, he, he had this one song called, um, I think it was Revival in the Land, and basically it was um, a demon coming down to hell and talking to Satan on like Satan's throne. And he's t giving him an update on like, okay, we've done 
all of this. We we've done like a hundred thousand murders. We've caused this many abortions. We've caused these many car accidents, but they're still praying. Nothing will get them from stopping to pray and blah, 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 blah. And, and Satan just gets angrier and angrier because the saints are still praying. But it's terrifying because like they're in hell. It's this creepy demon talking to this scary Satan. And she's like, Stacy, come and see this video. And I'm like, okay. And I sit there and I'm just like terrified. So you show that to a five-year-old. Okay. So I had that picture in my head and then it was like, okay, time to go to bed. And I'm like, oh my God, how am I supposed to sleep? So I, of course I would believe in hell and have this picture of Satan and demons. And then I struggle with anxiety and I struggle with my thoughts. And then another time when I was older, probably around 13 or 14, I asked her, you know, mama, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. And she's like, okay, I'll pray with you. So she prays with me. And when she's done praying, she says, well, okay, I, I prayed with you, but if you let the enemy come back, he's going to bring back the demons seven times stronger. So I was like, okay. So then of course, when anxiety comes back, because anxiety always comes back, I think, well, what did I do? What door did I open? And now I think, okay, great. Now it's coming back seven times stronger. Great. Now I'm really in for it. So what a, what a great solution for a child with anxiety. Exactly. Make them worry that it's their fault if they exactly. have anxiety about anxiety. Yeah. That's going to cure the anxiety to make them have more anxiety. Yeah. So uh, that is what growing up wow. in like a charismatic, and like my mom was never like that. My mom wouldn't ever talk to me that way about that kind of thing I don't know why I would go to my grandma sometimes but um yeah so anyways that was just horrible um anyways I don't know where I was going with that Sorry. but no it's my fault I, I asked no. <laughs> okay <laughs> it's not yeah. your fault that's it no. just kind of explains a bit of yeah. My childhood. <laughs> yeah. No, it really the does. Religious trauma. Yeah. Because yeah. we have yeah. people who join with all sorts of different religious backgrounds, some Christian, some, you know, pretty much anything. Um, and there's all so many different versions and varieties. So yeah, it's helpful yeah. to kind of yeah. paint a picture for what right. was going on. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's some scary stuff. Like, mm -hmm. how did you deal with that? Um, even, even as an adult, that's scary. Like, I mean, that's one of the things that people call into RFR yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. You know what? I just, I guess as I got older, I thought, well, I, I have the power. I have the name of Jesus. So I don't have to be afraid, but I still had anxiety. Um, it's only really been since leaving the charismatic faith that my anxiety has gotten better. Plus I've on like anxiety medication. So that has helped too. You're actually but... <laughs> allowed to get treatment rather yeah. than just worry that it's your fault because you thought of demons. Exactly. So yeah. I, I am an advocate for mental health and getting like the help that you need. And so, mm. um, yeah. So I, I ended up going on antidepressants because I'm like, wait, I think I actually need that. <laughs> and there's some, nothing wrong with that. I hear you, girl. Um, I hear yeah. you. 
Absolutely. You're yeah. preaching the truth, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, and then, yeah, really leaving, leaving the charismatic behind and, and realizing spiritual warfare is nothing but a load of bullshit. Um, and just kind of deconstructing that while I was still a Christian, that actually helped. I didn't realize I was deconstructing it, but I did. Oh, so that was something that you started to deconstruct before you were even thinking about yeah. leaving the faith in any yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, how, absolutely. How did that happen? Walk us through that. So I came across um, in 2019, I came across a documentary that was a Christian documentary, uh, but it was from a reformed theology uh, perspective. And it basically uh, exposed um, the word of faith, the charismatic uh, faith, uh, Christianity, I guess you can call it. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is all a bunch of crap. Um, what has I been believing my entire life? And that was a real wake up call for me. And I realized that I had be been believing a lot of untrue things about Christianity. And um, it was very, I don't know, it, I, I felt to me, that was more scary than deconverting. I felt like, what has been my life? What have I believed? This is, this is freaky. I think I believed a lie my whole life about like charismatic Christianity. So from there, rather than like walking away completely, I thought, okay, I still believed Christianity was true. I just had the wrong version of it because I thought, well, of course it's real, but I just had the wrong one. So that's what led me into going to um, reform a reformed church um, and getting into like Calvinism, which is really heavy and I don't recommend it. I don't think anyone in your audience is probably looking for Calvinism churches <laughs> at like, all. She's shaking so her head is, no. <laughs> like I, I'm not familiar with reformed church as at all. Can you just, yeah. I don't want you this being like the main point no. we're talking. Give me, no, give no, me no. like a brief explanation of what that is. Cause um, that is a new thing to me. <laughs> yeah. So I was in it for a sh just a very short time. It was kind of like my stepping stone out. Um, it Calvinism is like, I don't even remember all. It's like a five point. There's like five points of Calvinism, which is like, pardon? What were you going to say? Is it the deterministic um, point of like your soul has a purpose that it's supposed to do? Or I might be getting of, confused. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's like, it's basically Mormonism was influenced by Calvinism. Didn't know that. Sorry. I just saw that in the chat. Um, so that they believe in like uh, election, like you were, everyone was already elected before they were born on who was God was choosing to go to heaven. So you basically, you have free will, but you don't really like God already predestined. So monsters and create okay all right uh sorry <laughs> um 
we'll have a lot to talk about after. Um, yes, I'm looking yes. forward to the hangout. It's getting yeah. lively. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I, I, like, I didn't mean to go on this tangent. It's just that I've, I've heard of Calvinism, but a Reformed church was a new term to me. So I just yeah. wanted like a little brief synopsis of what that was and then go back to the talk because I just haven't yeah. heard of it before. It's very dry. It's very, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't a good, good time. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> it wasn't a good time. No. And you know what? I will just look up reformed <laughs> churches on the all knowing God Google and we will now yeah. move on. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we a lot of people in the soon. chat know a lot about this. So, um, yeah. So, so I'm curious, like mm -hmm. how, what made you gravitate to that? Like once you started questioning the charismatic church, how did well, you evaluate what to go to next so I thought that like charismatic churches I felt like they were really just kind of cherry picking the bible at times I felt like they were just sort of um they weren't really getting deep into the doctrine they weren't um they just weren't very heavy on theology and I wanted to know why I believed what I believed right I didn't want to just go to the church and like sing some songs and feel good and just get like this little like oh you're such a good person sermon I wanted to actually like be taught the bible I wanted to know how it all came together so that I, I was really searching right I wanted to know the truth I wanted to to know everything about the bible and so Calvinism seemed like it was really preaching the bible um like word for word, straight from the Bible. And a lot of reformed churches, they preach, I can't remember all the terms anymore, but they'll preach like line by line every week. Like they, they don't have topical sermons where they'll just kind of like take a verse here and there. Like they'll go through every single book and they'll go line by line. So it's pretty heavy. And I'd walk out of there like, I don't even know what they just said. Like that was so, so heavy exegetical yeah something like that harmony yeah everyone okay you guys all know <laughs> everyone knows um and so the church we joined uh had two sermons on Sunday so they had a morning and an afternoon it was like intense and like and you would go to both of them you were kind of required to and we were like uh maybe like, but, but but brunch yeah yeah like I want most I want a mimosa and an omelet do I have to go for two? yeah I have to go to both yeah exactly but they kind of like expected you to go to both and so we became members there two years ago this month at the end like yeah and um it was like a big like big deal they like mm -hmm. make you profess your faith faith they baptized our children. Um, so that was a big deal. And um, yeah, so we became members. And then six months later, we moved away. And we moved four hours away because uh, we always wanted to move to the city that we're living in now. It's a small town in a beautiful part of the country. And it's been our dream to move here. And so my husband was working from home and we're like, okay, you know what? We can sell our place and we can move to a, a bigger property in a smaller town. Let's do it. And the church was really sad because they 
it's a really like it's a tiny church with a lot of old 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 people and they were like oh good a young family oh great now you're leaving right yeah so, i was gonna say yeah. i bet they have trouble attracting a lot of young yeah. vibrant members yeah they were like yay young people oh, okay bye <laughs> and so we left and that was in august of 2021 that we moved and it was when we moved away and we were trying to find a church in the city we live in now but I kind of had that pressure of like, I don't have to go every week. I don't have to go twice every week. My kids aren't in Christian school because they were in a private Christian school. All my friends were Christian. My whole, I had bubble wrapped myself in this Christian community where I didn't have anyone that wasn't Christian. Everyone I talked to was Christian. And I was out of that. And it was just me, my husband, my kids, and my mom. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I stopped listening to sermons because I would be at home and I would listen to sermons all day, like nonstop. The way I listen to podcasts now of like these types of shows and I would listen to sermons and I was, I finally felt like, oh, I don't have to do that. And I started exploring like, like a little bit more liberal type of podcast, like kind of like, Ooh, I wonder what, like, I wonder what they you talk about. You sinner you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of, Ooh, I, I can listen to whatever I want. Like, not that anyone told me I couldn't, but I just kind of kept myself in this box. Right. And I also have a little bit of a fascination with cults and MLMs. Right. I've me too. always, yeah, me too, girl. I've me always too. been fascinated. <laughs> and the, here's the other thing. I always was scared since I was like a preteen of being in a cult. And I used to always say to my mom, how do we know we're not in a cult? People who are in cults don't ever, they say, oh, I'm in a cult, right? So uh, I was like, question. how do we know we're not in a cult? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> so I started listening to some podcasts on calls and I also was listening to an, another podcast on MLMs, and I was just like really seeing the connection with those even more than I had before. And then I was listening to podcasts on like QAnon because I found that super fascinating too, because that's like another call, right? And it was just like, it was starting to like really stare me in the face and it was also around the time of like the vaccine for COVID was coming out. And I just saw like Christians were just being so ridiculous about it. And my husband's very science minded. And I was finally away from all my friends who were not getting vaccinated. And they were sending me all these conspiracies all the time. And I would be like, Brian, look at this, look at this. Right. And he's like, Oh my God. And so that's what I mean when I said like, all the conspiracies that people like Christians were getting into. And finally, one day I was like, okay, what is it that all these Christians seem to fall for multi-level marketing, right? So a lot of them go into that. Um, they, a lot of them follow this QAnon stuff. And a lot of them are following for this, the not getting vaccinated and they're following for these conspiracies. I'm like, what are they not seeing or what are they choosing to ignore or what are they like and they're 
believing something over here that in the Bible, but they're not seeing the truth with like COVID and the vaccines. It just, there was a disconnect for me. I don't know how to explain that properly. Whenever I try to explain this story, it's like, they're just, they're blinded to something. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it's just not making sense to me. So it's like you recognized a similar flaw in reasoning that, that yes. you were seeing in two different places. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I don't know how to quite explain that when I explain that story. I'm like, I need to figure out better words for that. No, because <laughs> there's a lot of people here that have gone through that. Like I know Car's gone through that experience mm-hmm. and I've gone through that experience where you, you don't know how you got there, but you get there. Yeah, I, exactly. Like I just got there and right. I, I was, I kept talking it out with my husband and talking and out with him and he was kind of seeing the wheels turning and he, he just kind of let me talk and, and then he didn't influence it in any way. He just was seeing me kind of like, okay, yeah, go for it. Like whatever you want to do. And, and, um, but I was still afraid of hell. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. one day I just asked him, um, what, like, I cornered him in the kitchen and I said, do you believe in creation or evolution? Knowing what he believed, but mm-hmm. he didn't come right out. He's like, well, he didn't want to like scare me. I think like, he didn't want to yeah. push me. He's like, well, you know, like maybe there's room for both. Like, and I said, no, 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 just, just tell me like, I can take it. What do you believe? Even though I knew. And he's, I said, do you believe the earth 6,000 years old? And he's like, no, like that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so you believe in evolution? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, that's what I needed to hear. Cause I've been told it's 6,000 years old and I just need to know, like, I don't want to be lied to anymore. Just tell me. He's like, well, no, of course mm-hmm. it's not 6,000 years old. I'm like, okay, thank you. And so so this I, wasn't something you had really spoken about together because this. I knew I knew what he believed and I was just afraid of mm-hmm. going down that path right yeah because he's yeah. he's really smart and um anytime we would try to talk about anything about the bible if he would try to bring up little things like the old testament it says some pretty crazy stuff, you know, I'd be like you can't say that like I didn't yeah. want him to criticize anything so mm-hmm. I didn't criticize anything for him so we just kind of had these no no go zones right yeah so but now I was like no just tell me I need you to tell me straight up and so I just said to him I'm I have a lot of questions and I have a lot of doubts and I want to pursue these doubts but I'm really terrified of health I don't know how to get over that and so he's like well maybe this will help he's like I saw this quote on Twitter and it said life is the spark between two identical voids, the one before birth and the one after death. Maybe that'll help you. And it actually did. It just like this, I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, I don't remember before I was born. That is an eternity. And I said, and it was almost like it just something clicked for me. And I was like, thank you. I think I can explore this and I just I did I went I went for it and I didn't really tell him what I was doing necessarily like um but I just needed that little push 
And so I went and continued like just looking for the things I needed to look for and joined a bunch of different Reddit boards and just um, Mm -hmm. continued finding things on YouTube and just, I don't even remember. I was just trying to find information. And yeah, so that was all last, well, now I guess fall of 2021. And wow. I mean, that's really recent. Very recent, but I'm the kind of person, like if I want to know something, I find it out. Like I, and then once you know something, you, you can't unknow it. And then as soon as I found out about Noah's Ark being um, in other mythologies that predated the Bible, to me, that was when I was like, okay, the Bible is not infallible then. Cause I believed it was up until that moment. And I'm like, if that is the case, then I can't trust any of it. And if I can't trust that, then I can't trust that God's real. And this is all a sham. Yeah. And so I just, it all unravels. It just yeah. did. Yeah. So was yeah. your husband like, cause you sound like you were very devout. When, was he more just like a support system? Like, you know, whatever yeah. you do, you know, I want to be supported because I love you. But then when you start going through the deconstruction process, he was I like, I will share with you all my opinions. <laughs> yeah. 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 He he was very like supportive. Like he kept saying to me, like, go slow. Like he, cause this is my identity. Like he thought people would think that I had lost my mind because if you knew me, you would just think, Oh, Stacy, a Christian. Like, that's just how you would, mm. that's just me. Right. Mm-hmm. At, back then. Um, so he was just like, go slow. Don't, don't make any rash decisions. Like he was supportive, but um, he kept saying, I don't think you're wrong, but he didn't want me to like think something and then be like, Oh wait, no, that's too scary. I'm going to go back. No, I, I don't want to, I want to still go to church or something, but um, he was a supportive husband too, about going to church. And he also said he just had, he liked the idea of there possibly being a heaven. He had a, he mm-hmm. thought it was a romantic idea that he thought if there is a heaven, I'd like to go. <laughs> But he just said there was nothing that told him that it was possible in any way, shape, or form. He was just like, it just, it just doesn't seem real. But yeah. I think because I had such a childlike faith, he really wanted it to be true. And he always said, I wish I could have faith like you. I just can't. And he admired it, but it wasn't, it's just not him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting too. Like you've mentioned a couple of times, this, this concept that like, once you don't believe it anymore, you can't just go back, you know, I I mean, certainly people can convert and deconvert and things like that, but it's like, you can't choose to believe something that you don't believe is true. No, no, not at all. Yeah. That's really interesting. It sounds like your husband was really supportive in mm-hmm. like the best way possible to not he, push you but was still supporting you yeah so yeah. yeah he he really is like he's amazing and yeah. our relations like we've always had a great relationship but it got even better and stronger um throughout this and we had some of the best conversations and um I just was always like you're amazing I was crazy like thank you for just you weren't crazy you were just indoctrinated (laughs) I was no I know yeah like 
but we I think that you know this is a something that we kind of express to people you know that you know we have to deal with these issues it's like you can't force someone to have an idea yeah but you can support them to go on the journey yeah yeah and that's and I think that's the most important thing it's just like well what do you think about this and like well okay don't jump in 100 percent, but take your time you know yeah. and I think that you're yeah. that's a that's a more important message to just be a supporter and not force yeah. and I think your exactly. husband did a really good job with that <laughs> yeah he, he did he was he's wonderful yeah speaking of that did you uh find any other support systems or areas of support while you were going through this period of questioning was it just like you and your husband kind of on an island exploring this yourselves or did you like reach out to anybody yeah um after I told my husband I immediately told my mom Mm -hmm. and um I was excited to tell her I was a little nervous but not that she would be upset but I was just wondering how is she gonna take this because it's coming from me this is going to be so shocking um but when I did tell her she was kind of relieved because um she has had a really hard time I guess believing her whole life and um we've now had so many great conversations because she said do you remember when I used to ask you um you know when you pray for something do you believe it'll actually happen and I said yeah and she's like Oh, okay. She was looking for these little cracks in, in me where she could kind of say, Hey, I don't actually believe, but she felt like she had to sort of put on this front for so long. And so we've had um, the most amazing journey together coming out of this. And that's wonderful. Yeah. That's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, um, she, she was just really relieved to just finally be like, yes, I can, I can come out of this too. <laughs> Cause she just like the breathing, like that air of release. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Cause she, she was in it for um, 50 years at that time. And, um, but she never, that's why I'm like, she never forced any of those types of things on me because she didn't fully I guess, believe she, she, mm-hmm. you know, took us to church and stuff, but, um, the, the whole demon stuff, she never, she never was responsible for any of that, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I had her as a support and then, um, I just found the online community and, um, actually my sister-in-law, uh, ex-Christian Aaron, which is yes uh, yeah she's gonna (laughs) be here next month also she told me yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'm so excited (laughs) again I didn't know she deconverted um because we have a huge extended family and I hadn't seen her in a couple of years again we like we're sister-in-laws but we come like her husband and my husband are brothers but there's 12 siblings in their family right and there's a there's a lot of them we can't all stay in touch all the time and so it comes with the big families like I'm I'm one of six so yeah (laughs) yeah it just happens so as I was listening to my daily round of half a dozen podcasts like I do while I'm doing laundry and doing my chores 
I'm listening to Seth Andrews and the next one that starts up is Seth Andrews interviewing my sister-in-law and I was like what 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 is Aaron doing on his show that's how you found out that's how I found that out that is I love that so it much was, I went <laughs> running in my husband was working I so went crazy the night before I was talking about Seth Andrews to to my husband Brian I was like I just think this guy's so nice like he is so kind and compassionate and I was going on and on about why I love listening to his show so I went and I go remember that guy I was telling you about I like listening to so much well look who's on his show and I showed him my phone he's like what <laughs> so I texted Erin and um she was shocked to hear from me because apparently I was someone she was very nervous about me finding out about her activism. Um, not sure how I would respond. And so when I told her I had seen her on Seth's show and hi, I'm also an atheist. And um, I told her all the people that I had been like reading books and listening to, to different podcasts. She's like, I can't believe you're saying these names. Like, I can't believe you know who these people are. Like, this is just blowing my mind. Um, we, we did a, a FaceTime the next night because she wanted to know like what the heck happened. And um, so she said, well, I'm gonna, she, she mentioned our, our chat on Twitter. And then the next day she said, I'm gonna just introduce you. So I'm like, okay, whatever that means. And so she introduced me and um, then Neil, the 604 atheist said, oh, I do deconversion stories. Do you wanna come on? And I'm like, okay so I did that and that's kind of where people were like oh do you want to come on and do a show here and I was like this is so crazy like people want to talk to me about leaving Christianity okay <laughs> well so, and I can see why like I yeah. mean I love when you talk it's like you're so vibrant and it, it's like you're very positive you know when you're talking about your experiences and you know you're engaging and interesting to listen to so oh, I can you. see how that happens <laughs> thank you well yeah. I was gonna say um I have no problem sharing because I really enjoy listening to other people's stories and that's what I spent a lot of time listening to is connecting with others through uh medias like this because I wanted to know there's other people who have gone through this um I was actually searching for different testimonies <laughs> ex-testimonies I don't know what to call it but I was looking for other people who had um gone through this and I wanted to know if they had shared their stories and mm -hmm. so um that's why I have no problem sharing this so publicly um in in such a short time because this is what helped me early on mm -hmm. um and I just if, if I can help someone else who's doing it early or just not sure where to turn I don't mind because I was such a public person with my faith that mm -hmm. I just I'm not someone who hides who I am you know yeah. So that's well, another reason why I don't mind. 
doing yeah, this. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, that's something we always uh, kind of talk about here at RFR too, is this idea that, you know, maybe, you know, part of a healing journey can include helping other people heal. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. sounds to me like, you know, what you're talking about here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I love that you were able to just <laughs> immediately be like, okay, I'm, I'm going through this and let me reach out to other people and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, like, yeah. It tends to be a thing. <laughs> Those of that go through the process are like, I want to help other people to go through yeah, such process. <laughs> definitely. And I was listening to um, Matt Delahunty the other day, and he said, in a way, this when he does stuff like this, like with his activism, it kind of is sort of like his penance for all the. That's what I say. Yeah, and I was like that's such a good way of putting it. like I I never went and like preached on street corners or anything but I was very public on my social media as a Christian so um I'm very public on my social media now as a atheist or as you know in like I, I I've talked about this before in other talks as some of those former pagan and believed in woo stuff that mm -hmm. my activism is a part of that penance because yeah. I was supporting a lot of those bad ideas and now I want to help people get out of bad ideas so the fact yeah. that like Stacy, you're like <laughs> I want to get people out of bad ideas like just like makes me so happy <laughs> like we can do our penance together yeah <laughs> It's, it was such a good way of him putting it that I yeah. just kind of stuck and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, so. I love that. Yeah. Well, and like, tell us a little bit about too, like where people can find you. We got a few more minutes, but while yeah. we're on the topic, like where are you doing this penance and where can we view it? <laughs> um, well, we're changing our showtime for um, Secular Soapbox. So it's going to be Thursdays at 8. 30 central time I have to get that right um so yeah Thursdays at 8 30 central on YouTube and then I'm on social media I'm on Facebook Instagram Twitter and TikTok and my screen name is apostasy so it's a play on the word apostasy but it's my name yes. <laughs> so I can just type it in the chat and then there Excellent. you go so you can yes. just yeah there you go <laughs> you got it Steph. Excellent. <laughs> so and your show there that's yeah that's great I love it I love that you had like a catchy name and everything right off the bat well it, it well took done. me well when Aaron said I'm going to introduce you I was like oh I got to come up with a name but it I just came up with x funny really quick and I'm like that's not what I want and then I was like mopping my floor one day and it just popped in my head apostasy sounds like Stacy. <laughs> so love it. I changed it. I'm like, this is way better. Yeah. Yeah. I the like demons it. were convicting you and, and you took yes. it. Well, it. actually it was a, a, a Christian on my social media. She posted something about apostasy and I was like, Oh, sad. So I took her little thing that was supposed to probably shame me. And I was like, I'm going to use it, put my name in it. <laughs> I love that strategy because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, you know, being that you were so public as a Christian and then mm -hmm. pretty rapidly, you know, came out as yeah. secular and yeah. doing about it, I imagine you must have gotten, you know, some pretty intense blowback. Oh, yeah. I'll, I didn't even touch on this. I'll do it quick because I know yeah. we probably have only a few minutes, but 
be, like joining that reformed church um mm. you you can't just leave like you can a charismatic church or just you know your church down the street where they just are like okay they don't call you again or whatever um with the reformed church they spent from april until november calling us out from the pulpit um every couple of weeks they did um formal announcements um uh, first they sent us a formal letter letting us know we needed to um repent wow of our, yeah they let telling us we had to repent or they were gonna follow through with their three announcements um but then they mentioned us a bunch of times like the 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 wayward family that's what we were referred to um wow. they meant they just they mentioned our kids because they can they live oh that's that's gross yeah that's they really live gross stream, so um I could kind of I could tune in and see it and they mentioned like our names our three boys names um basically more like let's pray for the three boys names um and then Brian and Stacy and their their wayward apostateness and um just our now that we were bad parents or like our yeah they just called us out and then on mm. my husband's birthday which I don't think they planned that but uh they officially excommunicated us and they had a whole service up on ex our excommunication um yeah oh wow. I didn't wow. realize that I'm, was a I'm thing so... in the reformed church yes yeah, so as a mama and just mm -hmm. someone that I don't want you to air my fucking dirty laundry, like I'm sitting here <laughs> kind of mad for you, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck, mofos? I know. <laughs> my mom still gets like, she still gets very angry, very heated, and I think actually they sped the process up because my mom left a Google review on their church, just kind of like. <laughs> she and then I love your mom yeah she's awesome she's very mama bear right um yeah and yeah so she kind of sped things up and then someone from that church tried to add her on Facebook and she's like why are you adding me like are you just trying to keep tabs on my daughter um so yeah so I love your like, mom I know, she's great she's great so but every time they would mention us on on the service um I would have a flood of the people come to my personal Instagram to check out my Insta stories and watch them. And I'm like, oh, they must have said something about us today. So I'd go to the sermon and be like, oh yeah, they mentioned us. Okay. So I, I would love to know how many people listened to that sermon and then went and watched your videos and started to have doubts oh, themselves. Yeah. I hope they did. <laughs> I hope so. Because every chance I get. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, <laughs> but Every chance I get, I always say they did not make those announcements for the, for our benefit or to bring oh, us right. back. They made those announcements for the people sitting in the pews to scare yeah. them to, so that they don't get called out so that they never leave the fear of them being named. And that's why they do that. It's so, mm -hmm. to scare them so that they don't ever doubt or question. Yeah, so, it's back to that same thing you talked about at the beginning. If you get yeah. enough fear into people, it, it doesn't matter because they're too afraid yeah. to, to question it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so that's what happened. And wow. yeah, 
<laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, it's fine. It's okay. I'm glad it's done. And actually, I'm just, I'm glad that that is done. We didn't have to carry that into the new year. Um, you are so easygoing. Yeah. I love this. This is why everyone oh. invites you on their show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I love it. Uh, I'd be like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, my folks. I'm living my best life. Mm. <laughs> yeah. well, Watch me. I actually, I'm, I'm super happy. I'm, I'm really, I'm super happy. Um, I, I feel like I've never met nicer people in the, that I, than I have in the last year and just connecting with, with everyone by doing this. Um, it, my life has never been better as far as connections and I'm just happy. <laughs> so I love that. I love yeah. to hear it. Yeah. So I can't that, fake that. Right. No, oh, no. Yeah. And that, that is an excellent note to wrap up on. Yeah. But yeah. before we do, <laughs> do you have any like final comments or any advice for people who might be going through a similar experience well, or questioning? I'd say my biggest advice is if you do have those doubts, I think everyone might say this, but it's so true. Um, I always think back to 2019 when I had those doubts and I just remember circling back around to like, but no, it has to be true because don't talk yourself out of it. If you have those doubts, they're there for a reason. You have critical thinking skills for a reason and just continue with them. So if you have questions, don't go to your pastor or your faith leaders because they're just going to give you the information that they want you to know about, find your information yourself. Um, use the library because it's there. It's free. <laughs> um, you can just, that's what I did. I checked out so many books because, and even if you don't read them all or you just flip through a bunch, just there's so much power in knowledge and just explore everything you can and don't ignore those doubts. Just please don't ignore them. So, yeah. Yeah. Great advice. And I'm glad yeah. you didn't ignore them and you Me went too. And learned. Finally, <laughs> yes. finally. Well, yeah. I'm so glad you did and that you made it out and you met some nice people who are not going <laughs> to put well, you, you on guys the too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We try not to be assholes. Yeah, I have not met a single one in any of this at all. So excellent, yeah. excellent. That is what we like to hear. Like nobody's yeah. perfect, a, but you know, I'm always we, like my RFR friends are the best. Yes. <laughs> this is why yeah. Monday night is my favorite night of the week. And it is the best night. night. Yes. Yes. Aww. And I don't know if you know, you're 20% cooler now because you were here. You are. You are 20% cooler. And, and that's how it works. It's awesome. It's science. It's, it's, science. it's, yeah. it's a true it's science. science. That I came okay. up with. <laughs> well, I Do I have science. any empirical data? <laughs> no. Yeah. But the fact that you're here, you're 20% cooler. <laughs> That's, I'll take it. That's a thing. You can have that. Thank <laughs> 20.567% cooler. Yes, it's exact. <laughs> Rob would know. He's, yeah, he's he does. done yeah. the science. Awesome. Well, what do you say we move to some Q&A? Stacey, are you sure. ready to answer some questions? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Outstanding. Well, we have collected several from the chat. And if I missed any, uh, I apologize. Um, feel free if you have a question for Stacy now to type it in the chat. We'll get through as many as we can. We might not get to all of them, but you know, we'll have to hang out after this too. So <laughs> no worries. Okay. So we had our first question was someone was wondering how old you were when you met your husband. I was 20. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So that's 20. All right. Fair enough. And so that was, yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to uh, what you were telling about the people in the church trying to date so they could hurry and get married real fast because yes. like, you don't have any other options. No. And it's funny. Cause when I told my husband when we were dating, um, just so you know, like I'm kind of standing myself, his answer was, I'm not going to marry you any faster. And I was Ooh. like, that's not, why I'm, that's not why I'm telling you. And he's like, okay, that's fine. So, wow. Yeah. So he kind of had the same reaction you did, but in reverse. Yeah, exactly. So he, he's a great guy. So. <laughs> and Excellent. then we got married when I was 22. So it was, Excellent. it was a good, good two years. So how did you find a new community after you left the church? Um, honestly, through online that's it. I found, I started chatting with a lot of people on Instagram at first and then, um, now through YouTube and, and the show and everything. Um, I don't have a real community like outside of it because like I said, we moved to a new city and I still don't know really anyone here. So my social life is <laughs> this <laughs> right now. Yeah. My community yeah, it's when I'm not here, I'm with my mom, my husband and my kids. And that's enough for me. That's yeah. And so doing stuff like this, I said to my husband last night, this is kind of like me going out for dinner with friends, you know? So yes. yeah. And he's like, yes. that's good. Yeah. You can join us here anytime. We're here yeah. every Monday. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Or you you'll, be, you'll just increase your coolness every time you show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why we have to hang out too at the end honestly yeah so it helps it's just to feed my it ego <laughs> yeah like, that and hanging out with friends you know that's right <laughs> two for one yeah <laughs> okay well we have several more questions here we'll okay, get through wow. some more so some other people were wondering um uh, back to the demons and spirits and mm -hmm. we've talked about this on here before but can you tell us more about uh, someone was wondering, are demons and spirits the same thing? How does this work? How like deep into the details and specifics uh, did you get? Yeah, I, I think at that time I thought they were the, like one in the same. Um, but I was very much someone who thought they were hiding around every corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if, if I lent my clothes to someone who wasn't a Christian or if they wore them somewhere, I would, I'd come back and pray over them because I was like, well, I don't know where they wore them. And I don't want to let spirits like, oh, wow. and then maybe they'll be attached to me. Or if we moved into a new house, of course I would anoint the house with oil. Again, I didn't let my husband know this part about me really. Like yeah, I would do it when he was at work, I would anoint the door frames with oil and and wow. um yeah open the door and then tell everything to leave 
just be talking to myself. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So even stores in the mall, I sometimes think I felt like a heaviness come over me. So I'd be like, okay, I should probably get out of this store. I'm feeling really heavy and oppressed. So I don't know. It's just so a lot of mining. Yeah, yeah, pretty much anything that can happen can can be attributed to demons or exactly. spirits. Exactly, and especially, invisible. yeah, and especially in charismatic, like everything there's there's a a spirit of headache, a spirit of pornography, a spirit. Mm-hmm. There's everything a spirit of this, a spirit of that. So you got to pray, bind the spirit of this. So it's it, spirit and demon are are the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we had that too in, in yeah. my school. It was, it, you would have the spirit of, you know, X, Y, or Z thing. Yeah, yeah. Know? When and it's like, just, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, exactly. it sounds like this is supposed to be a metaphor, but then you're telling yeah. me it's a literal spirit. Yeah. Is it both? What? I know. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I, I grew up the same way and was, you know, constantly worried I was going to accidentally let the demon in by right. thinking the wrong thing or, you yeah. know, touching the wrong thing. It's like you, you couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Catholics so don't have that. yeah oh we we did yeah i i totally understand what you mean it keeps you on your toes and fearful at Mm -hmm. all times you could mess up at any moment and accidentally invite a demon in absolutely yeah yeah okay all right moving on helen you got one yeah um so someone was wondering what was the documentary that you watched that made you question your beliefs it it was called american gospel yeah I have not seen that one, but now I want to. (laughs) (laughs) You can watch the first hour of it for free on YouTube, as far as I know still. But it's like a two and a half hour documentary. So is it, um, so I know you talked a little bit about it. Is it more about like the idea of like um, Christianity through like American lens? Yeah, like it's basically how America has kind of twisted the gospel and exported mm. it out to the world as this sort of you can pray to get what you want type of thing they show a lot of like Kenneth Copeland and so a prosperity gospel kind of prosperity shit. gospel exactly yeah, yeah. and then it, it kind of dissects it um they kind of break down like Christianity and Catholicism and then it's like mm. it, it it's really heavily reformed even though you don't kind of know that at first mm-hmm. and that's what pushed me into the reformed camp without knowing that's what I was getting myself into because I was like oh this is definitely the gospel then I had it all wrong <laughs> so interesting yeah, yeah I've never I, seen I, that either I, yeah, yeah they, we're gonna, we'll have to have a discussion about it yeah, after, we they, watch it. <laughs> after they came out with that they came out with their whole a whole streaming service called AGTV so you can subscribe to it and they, they put out tons of christian content um that's all theologically sound so yeah oh i I, oh i feel some debunking going on i you can i think you can subscribe for a seven-day trial and you could you could watch the documentary so yeah you have to rest on the seventh day though yeah they did another one. That's why seven days. That's why. It's just six days yeah. of viewing. The six seventh days. day, you just rest and reflect. Yeah. They did a second one, American Gospel, called 
uh, Christ, not, it's just like one, Christ alone, or I can't remember what it's called, but they did it from, uh, they interviewed a couple, like, um, a couple atheists too. So they did it from that perspective, like humanists and secular. so that would be secular. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be an interesting one to watch. Okay. I just, I, I, I like, I hear American gospel and I just feel like this would be like a really cool like movie like done by like it would be done by like pure flicks like a spoof oh like yeah, American yeah. gospel <laughs> sounds like a spoof of like yeah. a pure flicks movie like that's yeah. like I need that in my life yeah <laughs> I keep hearing that and I just keep thinking American gothic in my picture that's what like I a person like... with a pitchfork <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's go around poking people. (laughs) Okay, Uh, moving on. We've got more questions. Um, Two of these questions are similar, so I'll just ask them together, I guess. Um, Several people were wondering, if you want to talk about this, you can. If not, we can leave it off limits. Um, But they were wondering uh, how your transition away from Christianity to secular beliefs affected your children and whether they also mm-hmm. sort of followed in that way or or how you talk to them about this and, and what they believe? Um, no, that's a great question. Um, so my oldest is 10. He'll be 11 in March. Then my middle is eight. And then my youngest is three, who definitely children are born atheists because he is definitely a born atheist. He has no desire, um, anything to do with Christianity, which is funny. Um, but my oldest, he had some questions because he kind of saw some of the things I was watching on YouTube. Like he would see it on my phone. Um, one of the videos last February was, did Jesus exist? And he was, his immediate response was, of course, Jesus exists why are you watching that? And I was like, Oh, I'm not, I know that. Like I just kind of played it off. And then he would see my books that I got from the library, but I hid them um, from him under the bed. And I just, I didn't let him see them at first. Cause I, I didn't want to freak him out. Cause again, he had been going to a Christian school from K to four. Right. And, uh, but all of them had atheists written all over the cover oh. and like, you know, the God delusion and God is not great and all these things like mom, dad, I'm an atheist. And so he's like, what does atheist mean? What does atheist mean? And I'm like, just look it up. Like, I didn't want to really answer him right off the bat. Um, but slowly throughout the last year, we've had some really good discussions and, um, he, he now knows that, uh, what my show is about and he's asked and he uh he's fine with it and it I didn't want to say anything too quickly to him because when I tried to talk a little bit about evolution a year ago he kind of broke down into tears and he's like do you mean the bible's not true and I was like oh I I can't go there right now like I didn't want to freak him out this was my my discovery and he's so little I I kept thinking if if someone came to me at his age and the way I believed I wouldn't have been able to handle it so I wasn't gonna push this on him so 
just throughout the last year, it's just kind of been like a natural thing that's progressed. And just as he's noticed, we stopped going to church and the books I've been reading and sort of just overhearing conversation and him asking questions. Um, now we can talk about it. And, and I've been very blunt with him and said, look, this is where I'm at. You don't have to to believe this, you can find things out on your own. You can tell me things that you discover. Maybe I'm not right. Um, and so he's he's been he's been adjusting very well. And um, I've told him how I was really quick at times to say certain things were wrong. Um, like Halloween, we celebrated our first Halloween this year, which was a lot of fun. Um, it's my favorite holiday. It's yeah. my favorite holiday. It was so much fun. We had the best time. Um, so you know, there were certain things where I would just kind of just say, "No, we can't do that. That's bad. Jesus wouldn't like that." So, um, yeah, I just was very honest. Like, hey, I, I was really quick to say this was bad, and there's nothing wrong with it. So, um, I just admitted where I was at fault, and and he could see that I'm not perfect, and. Yeah, so we've just, they've been great. My, and my middle son, um, he hasn't really asked as many questions. He's, he's not, I don't think, as affected. He's kind of younger, and um, I think he kind of knows too. It's been fine. And then my little guy, okay, my middle son, he used to ask to pray every night for like a good four or five months. And my mom prayed with him one night and she's like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to say? Like, I don't want to do this, but okay, I will. And then my little guy was like, you're not going to pray with me, are you? Like, she's just like, oh my gosh, no, I won't. But she's like, yeah, you can tell like kids are only like told or believe what they're told, right? Because Luke was, he's never really been to church because he was a pandemic baby, right? So Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. Time really flies. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like I just said, uh, huh. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, you're right. That's yeah. got to be a whole thing. That's going to be a whole sociological study yeah. in and of itself about <laughs> 15, 20 years going, from now. Right? So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, I wonder like what the shift is now if you didn't go to church, like, and you didn't mm. get you're not drinking the Kool-Aid every week yeah you know totally yeah yeah well Uh, what what the after effect of that is yeah well my first less anxiety oh I think so I hope so I hope so so. because I was noticing with my oldest son he was getting quite a bit of anxiety Mm -hmm. um and I was like oh I'm seeing a lot of the same um things that I was dealing with and I don't see it anymore um but I knew one of the uh, a good side with him is back in like June or so we were camping and I asked him a question about the Bible. I'm like, do you think this is true? And he's like, mommy, I do not think that ta- snakes can actually talk. And I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. So Just I knew checking. we were, yeah, I'm like, okay. Cause they taught that there at his mm-hmm. school. So yeah, yeah, that's what we learned too. Yeah. 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 And, you know, if you, if you learn that in school from a young age, you believe it because that's the, what the people you trust that's told what you. That's your teacher's telling you, right? Yeah. So, what yeah. else would you think? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. 
that's great. It sounds like you really put a lot of thought into being honest and yeah. sensitive uh, yeah. with your kids about what's going and on. And I slowly got rid of their like Christian books. Like I didn't just toss them immediately. I was, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I just got rid of them in the summer. Like I, I didn't, if, if they were kind of reading them, I was like, okay, but they, they hadn't picked them up in months. So I was like, yeah. I'll donate them now. And they hadn't it's, asked for them so it's like the same thing that happens to the halloween candy it just kind of yeah. slowly disappears <laughs> exactly so but i'm like i don't really want them to read these anymore so i i mean like i came across we were going through we're going through our um stuff that we put kind of put into the garage when we were moving and i found my kids old baptism shrouds and candles oh. and stuff like that and i was like oh my goodness like and I still have them in my box and I put them in the bookcase and, I, and I'm like these are mementos yeah because <laughs> my kids because my kids are very atheists they have right. no interest in religion they they're like fuck it nope you know <laughs> but like this is but it's not for me it's not for yeah. them you yeah. know because they have no emotional connection to it where I grew up Catholic that I have still a little bit of that emotional right. connection <laughs> yeah yeah that makes yeah. Sense. yeah okay well let's <laughs> see all right I don't know Helen do we have more questions maybe we have time for what do you think, I think we need to do two more two more let's do two more let's do all two right. more and then we'll move to the chat the yeah. hangout all right and we can wrap this party up yes <laughs> blow this popsicle stand all right <laughs> all right okay why would uh, you want to blow the popsicle stand because they have popsicles <laughs> i i don't really know that is a quote from some movie or show i know and i don't know it's and- from but I don't I'm like, either. They have popsicles. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> let us know in the chat where where is yeah. that from? It's like deep, deep in my like '80s pop culture or something. I, I don't know. I apologize to everyone. Moving on to a question. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay. Um, oh, this is actually one I was wondering about too, and someone else asked. So. Um, I bet you're familiar with the term being unevenly yoked. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did that ever come up when, uh, from friends or family about your relationship? And yes. Well, not from friends or family, but I always thought that like the more I got into my own beliefs, I kept thinking, oh man, like, are we unevenly yoked? Like, even though I adored my husband, yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, did I? Maybe, maybe we? I should have married a more Christian person. I don't know." But yeah, not not that I had any regrets or anything. It was just, I don't know. That it's such a that's such a hard term that they <laughs> they use, and it's very manipulative, right? Yeah, but it, you can be unequally yoked in in the smallest of things like even in in your beliefs and your theology and you know so right in almost any way like in any way that you're different from your partner exactly and (laughs) even the fact that like when we got married he wasn't baptized and so that was a real like thorn in our side for a while because he didn't get baptized until think 2018 so I was just like we're unequally yoked you need to get baptized and I kind of pushed them and 
um because I felt like and he did it nice Yeah. yeah, and for people oh. that aren't familiar with the term, like, do you want to describe like what that means to be? Yeah, because I, I was like, what? What do y'all talk about? <laughs> oh, it's something to do with a horse. Yeah, like <laughs> and like buy- in their putting it in their. I don't know. Do you know how to like a bit? Yeah. Like a yeah. Like a it's like bit? it's like a bit? metaphor. It's an Old Testament yeah. metaphor. I think the idea is like if you have two draft animals that are supposed to be like plowing or pulling something, and you have a a yoke on them which is I guess just like a like a restraint that attaches them to what they're pulling and the idea is that they need to be like roughly equivalent in size and strength in order to make it go straight you know uh and so uh if one is you know much bigger than the other or something it's going to be all lopsided and it's not going to work balance and yeah yeah and so the metaphor is if you get married to someone Mm -hmm. You're both supposed to be yoked to the same master, which is God. And if one of you is more strong in the spirit than the other, right. then it's going to be unbalanced. Be and you're not pulling in the same, you're, you're not coordinated in your efforts, I think. Exactly. I think you you did a great job because okay. I just know the term and I was always like, I'm afraid we're unequal. So, you always, yes. so both of you always have the obedience to the God master and, yeah. and on the same yeah. path. Yeah. Okay. And All right. I always All right. felt That's like healthy. <laughs> I also felt like I wanted him to be the spiritual leader of the home and mm-hmm. and I always felt like, well, I know more. So I shouldn't be the I shouldn't know more. You should know more um spiritually. Oh, internalized <laughs> yeah. misogyny. Yay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So gross. I was like gross. I shouldn't be so the spiritual gross. leader. You you should be the yeah. So that that's dumb. Which the whole metaphor doesn't right. even make sense anyway, because in the no. metaphor, they're supposed to be equal, but that's decidedly different from the husband being the spiritual leader who's stronger right. in the spirit. So like, it doesn't yeah. even it doesn't work. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. Like you're supposed to be the same. Yeah, but unless there's something like, I don't know about your man. oxen. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe you should study oxen more. Yeah, I and get back. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get back to y'all next yeah. week with, with okay. the results of that. <laughs> we'll find out that oxes are a- actually matriarchal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, could be. <laughs> okay, oh Helen, yeah. do we have one more question? <laughs> yes, I have one. So um, I'm going to go a little bit. Not that this conversation about oxen isn't fascinating. <laughs> Um, is there any music that kind of helped you through your deconversion process? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I did find some, I actually did find some songs um, that were written by people who also were going through like deconstruction or deconversion. Um, but there was one song that, that song unwritten by... Oh, yeah what is her name is it unwritten is it michelle branch no no, you're kind of on the right path i'm just gonna look it up on spotify natasha beddingfield that's it yeah that song went through my head non-stop and that was sort of like the song that i just kept singing over and over and over again so yeah and then i i did make a little um spotify playlist um of some deconstruction songs yeah deconstruction playlist yeah 
and there's a guy named nation haven and um he has a song called who i am and that's a really good song about um deconstruction and then one more song is by the dixie chicks not ready to make nice oh i love um, that song that's a that great song. song that's a great I, song yes when the church um called us out that first sunday i blasted that song not ready to make nice i was just like screaming that one at the top of my lungs practically so that's I'd only think. a dude conversion. That's a great feminist song. It, that it too. Is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, that that's a good song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's not a lot of songs on that playlist, but anytime oh, girl, I, I can find give you one, some. I got a whole yeah. playlist I can give you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a few more that I've heard since then that I need to actually add. But yeah, th- those those three would be my top, my top song. Another another great song is God by Tori Amos that you need to listen to. Oh, it is a great it is a great song of yeah. um, the the view of God from a feminist perspective. Yeah. So it's a gr- yeah. really good um, fuck you to God. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> That's awesome. And I see. Yes, I've heard Tim mention. Oh, I just yeah. saw in the chat. My uncle introduced me to him, and I love him. <laughs> He is He's hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. I love his oh, yeah. Mention is wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the anti Carmen with like yes. the story song. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. That one song that he he did at that uh storm. I love that yes. one. Yeah. Yes. That That's... one is incredible. Oh love gosh. it. And I see that DJ loves it too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. I need to go through here and collect all these songs that we've talked about. We need to make a playlist, y'all. Yeah. Adding so this good. to my to-do list. That would be great. So good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Excellent question to end on. That was a really yeah. good question. Really good that was a good question. <laughs> I'm, I had answers. We're, like gonna have, that. we're just going to have to make an RFR, you know, um, fuck God pre- playlist. playlist. That's, that's yeah. just going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. on that note, Stacy, right. thank you so much. Thank for you. Us. This was fun. I this actually like so seeing this everyone. This was a lot of fun. It was a good way to start up 2023, yeah. in my yes. opinion. Yes. <laughs> Excellent start to the year. So thank yeah. you. Recovering from Religion is a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non belief. Hope, Healing, and Support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering From Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work. Resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts, disbelief, and trauma can also be found on the RFR website. To connect with a secular therapist in your area, go to seculartherapy.org and create an account. If you'd like to support the work that RFR does, you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the Recovering From Religion website. It's also a big help subscribing to the RFR YouTube channel, our blog, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. 
Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering from Religion podcast.